We have this group of religious sisters. Uh, they're called Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, who work closely with some of our communities in the ordinariate, especially uh, at the cathedral and in the high school that we have. They were just recently built over in Houston. They are fully habited. It's a very fast-growing uh, religious order out of Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, I believe. So they were on TV about 10, 12 years ago on the Oprah Winfrey show. And she was fascinated by them, intrigued by these young, vibrant, beautiful, intelligent women. And why they would take up the religious habit. It just was, was fascinating, mesmerizing to her. You know, why would someone so young and beautiful and intelligent decide to give up you know, the, the option of enjoying physical pleasure, bodily pleasure, with another person for the rest of her life? You know, of course, giving up, giving up wealth, giving up power. Why would they do something like that? Today, we are celebrating the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Uh, it's through her that our Lord took on flesh, human flesh. And in the opening prayer, what's called the collect, we prayed at the beginning of the Mass, it kind of sets the theme for the Mass. It mentions her fruitful virginity. You might ask, what do you mean fruitful virginity? How can virginity be fruitful? That seems like these terms are contradictory. But this is what I would like to talk about today. This fruitful virginity that the Blessed Mother brought our Lord into this world is a great blessing to all of us. This is a calling. This fruitful virginity is a calling to all of us as members of the church to fruitful chastity, to fruitful celibacy. I want to talk about what this means, not just for single people, but also for married people, this calling to fruitful virginity. This idea of chastity or celibacy is very much a mystery for our world, especially. You know, they would say, why in the world would someone want to give up such a good Thing, such an enjoyable and pleasurable thing. Wh wh why? What's the purpose of this? Uh, why would you want to withhold yourself in this way? It's difficult for many in the secular world to understand. You know, it's become more difficult, I think, over the past 50, 60 years with the sexual revolution. This great experiment, which hasn't really been all that fruitful. It's led to greater disrespect of women, it has led to many more people becoming addicted to things in the deep, dark corners of the internet. It's led to the degrading of the body and lots of confusion about the body and different attractions and things. This is where it's led. And, you know, even in, in its very simplest form, you know, you are seen, if, if you're not with somebody in some way, then you're kind of seen as, well, maybe... There's something wrong with you. Maybe, maybe people, you know, you're not attractive enough to be with somebody. So there must be something wrong with you. You must, you know, something's missing here. Something's wrong. The president of the uh, 
Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, Dr. Albert Moeller, often tells his students, his seminary students, if you want to uh, be able to serve as a pastor, you're going to have a very difficult time serving as a pastor if you're not married. You need to be married. I had a friend of mine who was wanting to serve as a Protestant Pentecostal pastor. He was single. He had all the degrees and the training and you know, the experience working as a youth pastor in different areas of the church. And he wanted to get a job as a senior pastor. And he kept saying to me, the reason that I can't get a job, these pastoral hiring committees won't take a look at me, is because I'm single, because I'm not married. They want, they want men who are married. You know, they want men with wives and, and children. That's what they want to hire as, as pastors. You know, it's seen that if, if, you don't, if you don't have this, then, you know, there isn't something that's, that's quite right. Something, something's wrong. The world sees celibacy, chastity, as outdated, as something that's unattainable, abnormal, maybe even, you know, unnatural and unhealthy. I can't imagine why someone would choose something like this. Is there any good in chastity, in celibacy? When I, first, when I converted, came into the Catholic Church, one of the things that became very clear very quickly is how different it was in the Catholic Church from the Protestant Church growing up that I grew up in. And in the Catholic Church, celibacy, in chastity, these things are not seen as vulnerabilities, like something's wrong. No, this is seen as a great treasure, as a great gift, something to be valued and to be cherished. And this goes back to our Lord's teaching. Remember when he was talking to his disciples and he said, some will choose to give up marriage for the kingdom of God. Uh, they, you know, our Lord's teaching was that, it's not that marriage was bad, and that celibacy is good. No, but that because marriage is a great good, it's a great sacrifice to give this up for something better, something more lasting. Now, our Lord taught that marriage is temporary. It's for this life. There's no marriage in heaven. In heaven, marriage is going to be, is, is, marriage is a sign that points forward to something greater in heaven. The consummation of Christ with his bride, the church. So there's not going to be any, any marriage in heaven. And so some, our Lord said, choose uh, to give up marriage for the sake of the kingdom. You know, the, you think about the, the purpose of marriage. The purpose of marriage is to bring forth new life, right? But it's more than just, you know, continuing to procreate the species or taking care of your, you know, these urges and things that you have. Although marriage can help with those, with that. But the ultimate purpose of marriage is even more than this. The ultimate purpose of marriage is to fill a heavenly city, a heavenly Jerusalem with new life, with joyous new life. That's the ultimate purpose of marriage. And interestingly, to do that, you don't have to be married. Think about Someone like Mother Teresa. 
Why do we call her Mother Teresa instead of Sister Teresa? We call her Mother Teresa because she's been a mother to many, many people. The 5,000 other women who joined her, her order, who joined her order, but also many, many others, thousands, probably millions of others who she has brought into the kingdom of God, who she has helped to prepare for that heavenly city. Somebody who has given up marriage is often able to do this even better, to more fully give of themselves with a greater amount of charity, bringing even more people into that heavenly city. This is the ultimate purpose for marriage. It's the ultimate purpose for celibacy, bringing people into the kingdom of God. This is why celibacy and chastity are so valued within the church. This fruitful virginity, it's a great gift. It's a way to show forth love, to bring people into the kingdom of God with ever greater charity, with ever greater love. However, I'd offer to you that this gift is not just for single people. It's not relegated just for those who are unmarried. It's a gift for the entire church. Our Blessed Mother, in her fruitful virginity, is a symbol, a picture of the entire church. And this is a gift, this is a calling, this fruitful virginity is a calling of the entire church. You know, in your marriage, there are times in your marriage, well, all married couples are called to chastity outside of marriage, right? So, but there's time even within marriage when you're called to chastity. There's times of sickness. There's times when you're physically separated from one another. I would encourage you to consider these opportunities to uh, joyfully embrace and live out your chastity within your marriage. Uh, when these times of separation or illness or other times when it makes, when it, you cannot come together. You know, the message of Christ is that this is not impossible. You know, when he was calling people to celibacy, to give up marriage, he, you know, this, this doesn't stunt a person's emotional or psychological growth. You know, you can find great encouragement in our celibate brothers and sisters that they are full and whole and happy and often balanced, most of them, uh, people, mature, balanced people. If they can do this, if they can live in this way, then so can you. You can live chaste, outside of your marriage. You know, be encouraged by them. Be encouraged by our brothers and sisters. They give us a beautiful picture of freedom. You know, the beautiful example of, of, restraint, of restraint. You know, if you're able to embrace these times of chastity and you can't be together with your wife, with your husband, this will allow you to, to better love her, to more respectfully love him, to more fully give of yourself. You know, you don't have to be driven and controlled by physical urges. You can live with freedom, with joy, with integrity. The Catechism of the Catholic Church 
calls us to this apprenticeship in self-mastery, which is training in human freedom. Now, this apprenticeship takes a while. You know, it's not easy. The catechism calls it exacting work, calls it lifelong work. It takes time, but it's worth it. It really, truly is worth it. The catechism, the teaching of the church goes on to say, it says, either man governs his passions and finds peace, or he lets himself be dominated by them and becomes unhappy. You can find uh, freedom and peace, or you can find addiction and, and, and domination. The choice is yours when you choose to exercise, you know, this virtue within the church. You know, these times of chastity that all married couples are, have to go through from time to time, if they're done well, joyfully, can lay the groundwork for, uh, for that reuniting of husband and wife and the joy that comes during that time and that beautiful gift that the Lord gives to husbands and wives within marriage. So married couples are called to this, to exercise this joyfully during those times of separation. Also, single people. If you're unmarried, if you're, mar- if you're uh, widowed, if you're divorced, this teaching of the church can be very freeing for you if you're willing to accept it. This doesn't mean that you're any less of a person or that you're less fulfilled or incomplete in some way. No, the church affirms you in this, in this gift. You can serve as a prophetic sign of that which is to come, uh, of, of drawing other people to that heavenly city with the richness of your gift. You can give it to others, especially to the young. You know, the young are, are weary of this, this impoverished, over-sexualized culture that's lacking in true joy. They need to see someone who can live out chastity, who can live out celibacy with authentic beauty, with love, with joy, with freedom. You can help them walk with the Lord as they're discovering their own vocations. You can show this to them. So whether you're married or or unmarried, you're called to live out this gift of fruitful chastity, fruitful celibacy, to say yes to this apprenticeship in freedom, in love, to allow this gift to come through you in a fruitful way. St. Pope Paul VI said this about around, I don't know, 40 or so years ago. He said, celibacy has been guarded by the church for centuries as a brilliant jewel and retains its value undiminished even in our time. A time when you think that many people would be, you know, would completely refuse it. Yet even for the secular culture, it's a great curiosity, a fascination, something that brings up questions about why someone would live in this way. You're living a holy and chaste life or a holy and celibate life points others to that heavenly kingdom for which we're all called to prepare. So embrace this gift, whether you're married or unmarried. Embrace fruitful uh, chastity, fruitful celibacy, exemplified most beautifully by our blessed mother, the mother of God, Mary, and her fruitful virginity, bringing the Lord into the world, and of course, by her son, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
who exemplified this fruitful celibacy, this sacrificial, loving way of giving himself for the world. That God may be glorified. Amen.